Thank you for spending another midweek moment with WPT. I'm Paul Rozeski. Today is Wednesday, the 6th of September, 2023. Happy Wednesday to you. Happy National Fight Procrastination Day. In honor of the spirit of this day, a day to tackle something now instead of putting it off, let's get right to it and let's jump into some news together. Bill proposals are flying around the Capitol fast and furious these days. Case in point, there's a bunch of bills that have been presented by the legislature as ways to help the childcare industry. So, to understand the solutions, let's start by looking at the problems. Like most things these days, you can go back to how COVID intensified the issues that this particular industry was having. Staffing and wages were a challenge, which meant more demand than open slots in classrooms, and childcare is essential for working parents. No, along came COVID, and the government pumped money into the industry to help childcare centers stay in business. But those are limited time funds, which aren't coming back. And for the child care centers that use that extra money to not only stay open, but then to also hire more staff or give pay increases to keep people around, now they have more expenses than revenue coming in and are in a tough spot. So now back to the solutions. And this is an oversimplification, but we have the Democrat solution. That side of the aisle wants to take the budget surplus money left over from the budget process and give some of it to the childcare industry to continue to support, continue the support they had been given. The solution's more seamless because it's providing the same solution. Uh, however, and to be fair, feels like kicking the can down the road because it's another one-time money commitment. Then once that's gone, what do we do? The Republican side of the aisle their proposal is actually bullet pointed in the Weekly Insider yesterday. If you don't get our Weekly Insider or Weekly Newsletter, it's because you're not a member. Drop us a line and we can help you with that. Essentially, one bill slightly expands the number of kids per classroom. If revenue per classroom can go up, it can help centers absorb the jump in costs that everyone has been experiencing. Yeah have more productivity with the same amount of infrastructure. So, another increases the ability for in-home daycares to watch kids, watch more kids, and watch more kids that aren't related to the caregiver. Another bill creates a whole new category of larger in-home daycare centers. One sets up a program for some non-interest loans for providers to be able to maybe expand, maybe get up to compliance, maybe both. The solutions are trying to change the playing field to facilitate change and improvements, maybe even increase the number of centers that are out there. So trying to change the shortcomings of the economics of the industry, provide more capacity, change the economics, potentially improve the cost of care for parents, all of these are the goals. The problem is it isn't a quick fix, and there are some providers that won't be able to adapt to the changes quickly. 
The gap between the money running out and the changes being made will be challenging for some. It'll be opportunities for others, but it could be insurmountable for others to try and change quickly. Sometimes procrastination happens when you don't address the underlying root of the problem. And the thing about insurmountable issues is that they will tend to catch up with you eventually. Either way, that's the picture of what's on the table, and we will see how that plays out. In other news, in just a few hours ago, there was a news conference introducing a proposal to eliminate the tipped minimum wage in Wisconsin. Here's another industry where COVID intensified the issues that they were already having. As I listened to the press conference, it was interesting to hear the perspective of how the current wage structure doesn't encourage working in the industry as a vocation or as a career aspiration, which is fair. The restaurant industry is often seen as or is a short stint, transitory, stopgap type of role. It also poses the question of how the entire industry is structured the same, regardless of whether it's a breakfast plate place or a high-end steak joint, because the size of the bill drastically changes the level of the tip. Totally agree. My question is this. By eliminating the tipped wage, aren't you taking away options from restaurants to decide for themselves how to operate? Now, I know that there are restaurants that have already shifted away from employees getting a tipped wage and didn't need the government mandate to do it. They were doing it to provide for their employees. Now, I will say this. If you make an argument that the current system isn't good because it paints the entire industry with a broad brush, don't propose painting the entire industry with a broad brush as the solution. Personally, I think the challenge is that our society is used to the system and changes like this and changes in perception are probably going to take time. The irritable person that stiffs a tip will probably complain about whatever the system is, but a majority of people will be able to pivot and adjust. People that give disgruntled abuse will find a reason to put it into the world regardless. And I wonder if that's the reason that this shift isn't already happening. Is it something else? I wish I knew. Speaking of the service industry, I'm going to end with this. Last month, Mount Olympus Resorts up in the Dells announced that it is going to be building the tallest water slide in the United States. At 145 feet, it'll almost be the tallest water slide in the world. It'll only be about 19 feet short of the world record. It will be called Icarus, which is a clever name. The boy that flew too close to the sun. But also, you're naming it for a kid that, because he went too high, fell to his death. Just saying. In closing, this week, I encourage you not to be the irritable person. Don't put disgruntled abuse into the world. Be the adult in the room. And remember this wisdom from Woodrow Wilson. Quote, one cool judgment is worth a thousand hasty counsels. 
the thing to be supplied is light, not heat. Think about that one. That's good. Have a great second half of your week, and as always, thanks for listening. Wisconsin Property Taxpayers, Inc. is a nonpartisan membership organization consisting of thousands of small business farm and homeowner members in every corner of the state. Founded in 1985, the organization is committed to providing its members with up-to-date information, legislative advocacy, and exclusive cost-saving benefits. Find out how to join at wptonline.org slash join.